0: For a uh, Monday, yours truly, Bob McCown, along with uh, John Shannon, as uh, per usual, and uh, joining us to chat a little bit about the imminent NHL season, Eric Tehachuk. You fi- you figure it's imminent, do you? Well, it's reasonably imminent. I, I suppose it could get upended before somebody sees this, but we're going to assume that they're actually going to play. And okay. uh, PJ Stock is with us. Um as well with his um uh, one of his former uniforms hanging over his head and one directly behind him. Um he's not wearing one at the moment for those that are listening on uh by audio as opposed to watching. You so almost we are, said
1: radio, you almost said radio. I almost did you? that, yeah. You almost said radio. But Bob, you're not on radio, hard. you're not on radio anymore. Shut up, Shannon. So all <laughs> oh, good.
2: All right, we're off to a good start. That's what I was waiting for. Uh perfect. That's a welcome.
0: All right, so here's here's the thing. Um, we're about to start, really, the first regular season the NHL has had in this COVID environment. We've now seen the NFL has now concluded a year. Major League Baseball played a portion of a year. Um, the NBA played a bunch of games that were playing games, but they were sort of part of the regular season too. But now the NHL is going to actually play games in a uh, regular season kind of environment. They are going to travel, albeit there's going to be limitations on it. And we've already started to see some um, COVID stuff that we did not see in the bubbles last year. Dahik, you're shaking your head. How, how how is it even possible to handicap this year and, and analyze what teams might be better than others? Is it even is it is it possible?
3: No no and and here's what i would tell you bob like i i i'm part of that group of reporters that hates to do predictions anyway because the way the nhl is right now there's about three really good teams and three really bad teams and the difference between about number four and 27 is infinitesimal and so much of it depends on on you know you lose two key players to injuries do you you know have a a rookie that you're not sure is comes out of nowhere and dominic kubalik said so you, you just don't know and so that that's an enormous year so now your question is 100 right we're, we're entering completely uncharted waters you have no idea you know like if dallas is six days late getting out of the gate? Are they going to, you know, play five fewer games than someone else? Are they going to change the points percentage? I mean, there, there's there's probably ten to twenty additional unknowns this year, and so to me, it's it, it, you know, it, like I, I I'm guessing, and I've talked to a lot of coaches this week. The messaging is, hey, why not us? Why not us? Even the really bad teams, who pay lip service to that at the start of the year, even though you know it's all. Not true. Uh, they're they're gonna say you know there's a path that we can navigate to possibly get into the playoffs because of all of the other things that could happen externally to us. So let's control what we can control, cross our fingers and see what happens.
0: PJ, the the intriguing thing about that I I don't disagree in any way, shape or form. The intriguing thing is that last year in a sort of weird environment, a team that you could have anticipated expected to win it all did. Tampa Bay, there, there was yeah. no great surprise, no great upset. Do you think we're going to see the same kind of thing again?
2: Well, as Eric was kind of going to, I think last year they were all in the same playing field. Um, this year is completely different. Montreal is living in Montreal, where last year they were all in Edmonton. Right now they have, or in Toronto. This year, I mean, Montreal, where I'm living right now, it's a hotbed right now for COVID. Um, a lot of the families, you know, the players that are playing, they're going to be interested because, Eric mentioned there's so many other factors that are going to be taken into this one. Like everyone else is still living. So it's not like before they were the hockey players, the people involved in the hockey in this bubble. Well, the players are now still living in this society where I'm living, where you're living, where our their kids are going to school with my kids. Uh, so it's a, it's a little bit different than what it was the last time and anything can happen at any time. It's, it's the, the better teams, should still be there because of their depth and that's why we hate doing this but we do it anyways we pick the teams that are going to be in those positions because they're great players are great and they have depth players behind them that make them good teams so those good teams should still be there Um but is this the year where we see a complete anomaly something way out of left field I'm with Eric you can see anything happen but you're still going to have to get through a lot of good teams and you're going to need a lot of bumps in the road for these other teams to really rail them if you're going to be one of these. I don't want to use Ottawa as an example. We can pick them as one of the bad teams to to be beating uh, a Tampa Bay this year. You,
1: you, the, the the interesting thing is is that we saw uh, early in the major league baseball season, Bob, when we talk about a regular season, we saw a learning curve with the players in Miami, in St. Louis, where they had outbreaks of COVID. Um, you know, we've already had a, f- a few games in the NBA s- season postponed or canceled because of uh, looming COVID. The, the, on Sunday night, the Boston-Miami uh, game was, was postponed. Um, the question becomes, in addition to the three Dallas games that have already been postponed, how many more will we see and how much of a learning curve will it take with COVID for the players to understand that they have to watch themselves 24-7, even if they are with their kids at home, after school. Uh, and, and I think it'll be easier actually for teams on the road than it will be at home. Um, but from that perspective, how long will it take before that we get into a routine of knowing that yes, these games are going to be played and how many times will we see postponements in this first, I would suggest three to four weeks, uh, before we get into that routine.
0: Well, Well, what's, what is the consensus of an answer to that? I mean, you, you would have to think this is not a new experience for any of us. We have been going through this for nine months. These players went through a form of this in the bubbles last year. They are all sports fans. They watch the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the other sports. They see guys testing positive.
3: You got to know better, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah but you always, you always,
3: go ahead, Eric, sorry. No, I, yeah. I was just going to say, like, to, to answer John's specific question, I think the worst of it is going to be in the first month. Right. Uh, and, and not even necessarily so much because of the learning curve, because you're right, Bob, that that I think players, for the most part, they're, like, in, in a lot of ways, it's terrible to say, but they're like businessmen. They understand that this is their careers, their future. So, so they're, you know, if, if they're family men, you know, they, they, have to socially distance from their kids a little bit they they, they have uh, the, a level of professionalism most of them that will allow them to be as safe as they possibly can <laughs> I, but i think the, the world we live in right now there's going to be like a a, a a post-christmas surge the vaccine rollout is very very slow but as time passes and more and more people get vaccinated and more and more people get into whatever the routine of this season is i think it's going to become incrementally safer Week by week, so I think the worst is going to be off the top, and then I think that it will it will settle into a routine, as we've seen in the other sports. Uh, there'll be the odd breakout here, but but to me, you know, the danger time is is now.
2: Right. We're, we're, so, you you think the, the cool world that you just used was most, and that's the problem because it yeah. only takes <laughs> it only takes one. I mean, we're into the uh, first week of the playoffs in the NFL. And the Cleveland Browns are missing half their coaching staff because of the situation going on with COVID. I mean, they should learn, but it just takes one person who lets their guard down for one moment. And then how quickly do they get it and how... The one thing about football that I learned watching them throughout the season, they play one game really every seven days. And if you miss the one, well, you're not missing the second because it's 14 days. The problem is with the condensed hockey season right now, you're jammed, like you.
0: Mm-hmm. You're missing you six might, or seven games.
2: You're yeah. You might, and then who else got infected, and how many are they gonna miss? So that's my thing. Like, yes, the guys are pretty. um You know, they they know what it's like. Hockey guys are pretty simple. They don't live a real big life. They're pretty. we will do this. They'll do that. But again, they're, they're not in that bubble. I have kids. You said social distance from your kids. That's hard to do. You know, your kid comes home from school, you get a hug. Well, hypothetically, it just. That's how quickly it can go, and it can affect anybody. And before you know it, Bob, they're missing six games just like that.
1: Well, PJ, oh, yeah. PJ, I, I talked to one manager today that he said if he had a player on his team uh, get infected with COVID, it's at least three weeks. Wow. And it could be four. And then, and then, and the other thing is, is then you have to measure how, who was he in contact with within right. the dressing room, maybe within the weight room that they were in together. And you, and those people are out at least seven days. So, I mean, this thing, this thing could get really, really, really difficult to track and to measure and then to figure out, and which is why they have taxi squads, but, but to figure out how many times you're going to have to do this. I agree with Eric. It's the first month, just like we saw in the other sports, but man, Oh man, it is going to be tough. Cause not, and it, and it may not even be the guy's fault. You know, he goes to the grocery store and it happens at the grocery store and th- those are the, and then all of a sudden things go downhill from there.
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, John, you raised a great point about the taxi squads because in, in preparing the return to play essays that I'm writing right now, the number of people that talked about how you need to be six lines deep, six lines <laughs> deep this year, which is a, a dramatic change and difference from from the usual NHL. I, I mean, you hear it from everybody, every single person you talk to in the industry, and then that's the messaging that they're giving the, the people on the taxi squad. Sometimes you think of a taxi squad as as in the old Sam Pollock days in in Montreal, where those guys really sat in the press box for months and months at a time <laughs> the expectation this year is that if you're on the taxi squad you better be ready to play because you could be in there sooner rather than later
2: that's why i love what uh, michelle, uh, uh, michelle, uh, michelle mark Bergevin did in uh in montreal they have depth they have depth right now uh in a lot of positions deeper than the four lines um, and you look at a lot of teams what teams can be successful and you look at you know, where there is you were talking about, I don't know, Eric, you made up some word that sounded there was like multi-syllable. It was too long for me to really remember. But you were talking about the difference between one team to a, another In team infinitesimal, like from, PJ. Infinitesimal. Yeah, I know, I know it's a big word, John. Okay. I said it was a big word. I'm not even gonna try and repeat it. But the big word that you used is exactly that. If you don't have that depth, the teams that do have depth can survive a couple of these instances. The teams that don't have that big word. Uh, of, of depth, they're, they're in trouble. So I, I like what the Montreal Canadiens did this year. Um, but one thing that, as you look at these teams and you try and pick who's going to do well in the important places, who doesn't have the depth in case something like this? It's going to hit every team. I think right. pretty much it's going to hit every team. So which teams are prepared for, as you guys mentioned, those six lines and which teams aren't?
0: Well, there's what? something, there's truth to that. But, you know, really, in my opinion, at the core of the problem here is going to be not whether you have guys test positive, but which guys test positive. Right. Yep. If you have your two top forwards, your top defenseman and your number one goaltender go down and that's, you know, that's about a worst case scenario. Who I don't care who's on the taxi squad. You are not replacing those guys and you probably aren't likely to win too many games over the next six or seven while those guys are, are getting better. Are you?
3: Hundred percent, and you're right. So if it's Toronto, if it's Matthews, Marner, and Tavares that are out, that's a lot different than if it's the, the the guys that are on the on the on the fourth line. But one of the things that I've been hearing from a lot of the coaches that I've been speaking to this week is that, and, and this is also tied into the fact that every one of these games is a so-called four point game because you, because you're playing all your games within your division. You know, it's different than are we Montreal in, in a normal year because if you lose a point to Montreal well you're not in a direct playoff race with them but now you are right so yeah. so if, if you're in a situation where where every game is a four point game the coaches are saying that, that they stress getting points in the bank earlier and one of the coaches I talked to said you know we, t- we say that every year but this year it really matters and it's because what you say Bob they're they're looking to create a cushion in the first couple or three weeks to give yourself a little bit of a margin so that if that day comes which it could mm-hmm. where you lose the core of your team and you go through a stretch of, of a couple of weeks where you're not winning very much you have built up a cushion so that when they get back you
1: can find <laughs> out standing yeah, so, it actually, so that's a, that's a really a really good point. You know, for the longest time, every time we'd start in october, eighty two games, you'd say, "You know what? This is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, you know what? It's a sprint now. This one's a sprint. Uh, right. And the other part of this that mitigates it not only from a a standings perspective, but I think from an injury perspective, is when you play three straight games against the same team mm-hmm. and you, you you know by the end and pj you can probably address this better than us because you know you'd get a bad check from a guy on the other team on a tuesday yeah. and say you know what i see i know we play them next february and i i'm gonna remember and i'm gonna get back at them next february well you know what you pay them tomorrow night or you play them on wednesday night and then all of a sudden you're getting back at them a lot sooner and then it could really escalate physically. And I think that's one of the reasons these 29 players on this roster, I think we're going to see everybody a lot sooner than everybody expects.
2: I think you just turn around and slash them right away. That's just my opinion. But but the other thing is, you know, you're seeing three nights, you know, we always talk about the coaches in, in our job, and we talk about the players and the goaltend. Show me a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach. I think this year the coach's role is going to be the most important because of something you just said. You're playing the same team three nights in a row. So yeah. you guys, machine gun Johnny, when Johnny, when you came down down the court, you went to your right power side to take your shot, your 22-footer. You, you know, you do that the first game. But game two, I'd force you into your left hand. That's what I do, because I knew you were a power shooter from the right side. So that's what I do. So the coaching staff are going to have to influence. You play Toronto, and let's just say that Marner's line eats you alive with with this breakout. Well, now you play them three nights in a row. Coaches are going to have to adapt and find ways to teach that quickly, because you're playing the same team over and over and over. I think coaching this year is paramount.
0: Well, and I, I wanted to get to that. I mean, it, we're, we're getting to it kind of indirectly. But look, at this is sort of like playoffs uh, during the regular season. This is not something that's uncommon to coaches who have coached in the playoffs. You play a best four out of seven series. You know, over time, you learn the tendencies of the other team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a, it becomes a chess game off the ice. Uh, wh- what I wanted to address was, you know, the notion that this Canadian division is a one-time scenario um manifested by COVID, demanded by COVID, but can't possibly continue beyond this year. I'm not so sure. Dehocic, what do you think?
3: Well, okay. I, I think Shannon is the one that has the right answer for this, but it, since you're letting me go first, first of all, I've been on this- What about of my off. answer?
2: What, what why third, is <laughs> Well, he's well, we in,
3: haven't heard it yet. We have television no television. idea what the expect. answer. Is, the answer is eventually going to get to television. But but I want to say I've been on the soapbox for forever. I mean, Bob, you could go Google my bio. I, I'm t- Canadian Division, 20 columns, Herald, Globe, Athletic, wherever I am. I'm I'm on that soapbox champing it. And uh, so I love it. Uh, and, and every time I would raise it with the commissioner and the deputy commissioner, they'd give me that... You know, look like not you're gonna happen.
1: not it, gonna happen,
3: yeah. Sorry, kid. You know, like we, we get where you're coming from, but three time zones, you know, the television requirements, it just it, flat it out isn't gonna happen. So, I love it, I love it. And part of it was, I mean, last, I wrote about this in January after a Toronto Winnipeg back to back, and I think. Uh, you know toronto played edmonton in there and those if you go back and remember those games they were fantastic i mean you know matthews going up against line it both put on a show mcdavid head to head against against matthews and, and marner i mean they, they, they were like five four high scoring the coaches were raving about it afterwards but the level of hockey was fantastic and so just to see more of that because let's face it i mean canada for the longest time didn't have any franchise players, any impact players, all of Sid Crosby's and they were all in the States. So suddenly David arrives, Bryce arrives, you got Shifley in, in Winnipeg, you've got some of the most exciting players in the National Hockey League playing in Canada right now. I think, I think the next three to five years, if you could ever have a Canadian division would be spectacular in terms of the quality of, uh, of the
1: hockey, but John, what, what, what oh, no, what, no, no, Eric, 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 listen, uh, we have to go to PJ first. Oh. Please, PJ, give us your answer. Please,
2: <laughs> it's all come down to the TV dollar. <laughs> <laughs> all come down to Johnny.
3: <laughs> but <laughs> I should, shouldn't uh, the TV executive or former TV executive no. be the one that says that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know have to let p- p-
2: <laughs> I just want it to be in there. I don't know why you just <laughs> automatically gave him the answer, like at least say, you know what. John's going to get to it. PGA one second. You just like skipped me right away. Go ahead, Johnny. No,
1: I mean, <laughs> in, but in addition, in addition to the television, I mean, let's face the Toronto Maple Leafs were in the Western conference for how many years? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, you know, the number one, and I, I know it's hard for a lot of people to realize, but the number one market in tele in, in hockey and television in North America, Southern Ontario, was not really excited about watching games at 10 o'clock from Los Angeles or San Jose or Anaheim or even Vancouver, although they always used to tweak it so they made sure they played on a Saturday night and played at four o'clock in Vancouver. That's one of them. The other thing is if you you think about the fairness of a schedule that would put Montreal and Vancouver in the same division (laughs) and then put New Jersey and the Rangers in the same division, and let's discuss travel issues. Let's, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, wait, no, John.
0: Okay. I I think you got to look at in the context of where we are about to go, which would, which would not have happened if it wasn't for COVID. So what's going to happen? Toronto's going to travel. The Eastern teams are going to travel to the West. They're going to play a couple of games in Vancouver, a couple in Calgary, a couple in Edmonton, stop on Winnipeg for a couple on the way back. So it's an eight game trip. And then they're back home and that'll be done over 10, 12 days. That's being done this year because of the COVID environment. What's wrong with doing that during the regular season? What's wrong with, with back-to-back games or, uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Monday games, the Leafs go to Vancouver and play those two nights in Vancouver, baseball has done three and four game series since the beginning of time, it doesn't kill them.
1: But the Why it okay kill hockey? but 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 let's talk about that so so baseball does it but the the Blue Jays for instance but they, they don't play a a schedule that plays that sees them go to to Seattle and and San Francisco and and uh and Anaheim uh, as many times as they go to Tampa and the Yankees and the Red Sox so, so you're going to get a little bit of, of that travel. Anyway, the, the, the whole concept, but you're, of the, you con- can
0: reduce the travel. What I'm saying is by playing multiple games in a city on a trip, which they have never done ever.
1: During No, no they, they actually did, did this for a couple of years when Winnipeg, if you recall, Winnipeg, when it moved from Atlanta and Eric, you were probably around this a bit more than the rest of us, but Winnipeg ended up having a lot of teams, Washington on a wet Friday, Sunday, uh because of that travel they were in winnipeg played for the first two years i believe in the southeast (laughs) division correct (laughs) yeah and and so they did try it and you know what they moved away from it so there had to be a reason why they moved away from it but the bottom line is as as pj because he's really smart knows it's it's television it's television it's television it's television And, I mean the and the Red Wings you know suffered with it too because they were in the Western Conference and they're much happier being in, uh, in in an Eastern time zone conference as well now. So it's that's the only that's the real big reason. We all love the romance of the Canadian division. It's going to be fun for a year. but Eric, they're not going to have the seven of the top 10 players in the National Hockey League every year. No. It's not going to happen. So you you know you don't tweak it for the anomaly. Let the anomaly happen the one year, you know, and then move on to what we should be doing. North South divisions, you know, Vancouver should be playing Seattle. We 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 want that rivalry. We want we, we you know the the whole concept of a Pacific Time Zone division makes a ton of sense.
3: No, it's
0: a well,
1: more- as soon as Seattle
3: comes into the league, you're going to have an imbalance anyway because then one of the American teams would have to join in the Canadian division. Now it could be Buffalo or it could be Seattle, but when you get to 32 teams, which is where the NHL is going to be in September, it would be. You couldn't have seven teams in in Canada and then two eight and one nine team divisions. That wouldn't be very practical. But, but I don't know, like,
1: done, I like they this. have done things yeah. like this before. So yeah.
3: what, what I like about what I like about Bob's thought is that he's putting the fan first. And even though it may not be practical, the, the the response that I've gotten from readers about the Canadian division, the level of excitement is off the charts. It's 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 really palpable. And and the only thing that I would say. You know, like, but what if you were to, John, take the seven Canadian teams, and, and let's say Seattle is, is the eighth team in, in Canada, and you go back to a regular NHL schedule. So, not a schedule where you're playing within your own division, but every team comes in every other time. It mitigates the effect of travel a little bit. Like, the, the, to me, the big unfit, the biggest thing that's unfair about this year is that the canadian division does have teams in three different time zones and it's the only one and the travel in some of those american divisions is is really really easy and i think that you know down the road that's going to pay off maybe maybe you won't see any uh, effect in the first couple of months But there'll be a greater wear and tear on the Canadian teams, less of a wear and tear on the American teams. Will there be consequences when we get to May, June, and July and they're playing for the Stanley?
0: Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't had the most perilous uh, schedule over the years, given the geography of their division. Um, And I haven't won a damn thing, so I don't understand the importance of. (laughs)
3: <laughs> of travel
0: so well you're you're laughing you're laughing stock neither of the montreal Canadiens <laughs> since 1993 and they've had about the same travel schedule
2: wow well, they have had a couple more chances in the dance than than our leaves have i that's the only oh, it's gonna be give you that one. it's, oh, it's gonna be good <laughs> i am I'm, I'm actually the one thing about uh I, I can argue your guys point about the all-stars a little bit um you know there was a time like eric just said we do have a bunch of superstars in Canada. Oh yeah. But prior, but prior to this, we didn't. Um, and it's not that us as Canadians would still watch because we have this fan base. It doesn't matter how bad your team is. If I'm hypothetically I'm at the Habs fan, my jersey behind me, playing the Leafs, I don't care how bad. I'm still watching that game and hoping that we kick the ass of the, of the Leafs. And the same. That's the one thing in Canada that we still have with the rivalries and the fan bases, superstars or not. We still have that in Canada, and I think people would watch that no matter what. Now, we have the sprinkle on top. We have a lot of those stars. But how did we get all those stars? We finished last for the last so many years. So that's why they're all in Canada right now.
4: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a 4-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
1: You know, the funny thing is that when I I was at the league, we used to have all these big think tank discussions about, uh, you know, it's important that... uh, Why wasn't uh, I brought in? (laughs) I think you were PJ and it lasted about, you know, an infinitesimal moment, Um, uh, but but, and, and at that point in the league's history, you know, the two best players were Ovechkin and Crosby. And the question was, the question was, well, and they played in the same division so the, the the bigger issue was well how do we get them in every team, every arena and that became i don't know if you remember but when the and eric when when the penguins came to calgary and went to edmonton it was it was like the president came to town it was fantastic And so there there are always going to be these types of things. It just so happens right now, to PJ's point, that, you know, the Canadian teams have drafted pretty high. There are really good players on these teams right now. And we have this strange season where we're going to be able to enjoy, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the great thing is that there are players on all seven Canadian teams that we now know and think, wow, he's a great player. You know whether it's Pedersen in Vancouver or Goudreau in Calgary and Connor and and Leon in Edmonton. I mean, it, it that's the fun part of the division, and and to me, I you know there are going to be there might be two really good teams in Canada that won't make the playoffs, because that's how good this division is going to be.
0: Well, it mean, could be, I... or there could be two bad teams that do make the playoffs. I mean, we don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't
1: think so. I don't. I just don't think so. <laughs> Well, well I think hap- it's
0: hap- really nice to sit here and, and wax about uh, the greatness of the Canadian teams who haven't won a Stanley Cup since the year of the small potato. So, um, you know, I, I mean, all this, I mean, I have seen, I, I don't want to turn this into a Maple Leaf discussion. Well, we're almost out of time anyway, but I can't but we, believe the a optimism, the optimism among the ink-stained wretches in Canada's <laughs> largest city about the fortunes and prospects of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have made no substantive change to their lineup. Well, they brought a bunch of more old guys in, but other than that, haven't yeah. done very much of anything, and haven't won a playoff series with this collection. Didn't even get into the playoffs last year. I am, I, I am, I'm sh- shocked by the. Optimism that exists out there. Maybe somebody can explain. Is it, am I the only one who thinks?
2: No, the world, but the world, come on. You guys are all <laughs> in Toronto. It, well, sorry, Eric. The world, does the world rotate Oops. around Toronto? Isn't that how it works in the sports world? Isn't
1: it? Oh, no. You know what? Uh, right. Boy, well, I'll tell you what. Boy, have you, has your uh, tune changed? Has your tune changed since you don't work here anymore? Well, okay, wow, yeah, <laughs> so in, in trying to answer
3: that question seriously from a hockey perspective, if you break down the rosters player by player of the seven Canadian teams, and this is how much of a nerd I am, I actually have done that. I I really like their personnel i just i just think toronto has the best personnel so we're we're going on the basis or i am anyway i'm going on the basis of their personnel now pj because you're the ex-player will can address this better than all of us the best per team the best personnel doesn't always win it's often the best team and so you know can toronto find some kind of a chemistry that was missing you know bob you were talking about joe thornton i i i've watched and covered joe for Forever, it seems, and and somehow I think that he will be a catalyst. And and you know, I think he might even give them something on the ice. But I think that his presence—he—he he has this large personality that, that that brings groups together. And so, whatever might have been missing on the chemistry side in Toronto, which—and it seemed like something was—I think he has a the potential to bring everything together. He's he's larger than life, and I think he will have a tremendous impact on that organization I, they they're the best team best team doesn't always win like pj best <laughs> chemistry. Okay.
2: okay best team on paper this is the problem we overrate so many players in this league because of where they play and what they've done in a certain season i i am i'm am very excited about what these guys can do with the puck you know the the skill set that some of those young players have in toronto you know we joke around about you know third fourth liners and my skill set. i I took more slap shots than any man that ever took, and I still can't take a slap shot. These kids today are unbelievable, up and down that roster. But until they're willing to do the small things that's going to make that team a winner, they're not convincing me. And it starts with their big, most skillful guys. And that's what it is. And it took, you know, I played with Joe when uh, Joe was younger in in Boston. And, you know, it was hard to do that in a hockey hockey environment where everyone knows you're kind of cutting the corners a little. Mm -hmm. And then you have to hear about it in the media every day. So it's hard for an Austin Matthews, for a Mitch Marner, for a Nylander to, I see them cutting corners. Let's just say that I lose, they're not Patrice Bergeron. They're not Sidney Crosby. They're not Jonathan Tays because they don't have that element just yet, but they're still so young. They can learn it. When they lose that puck, I am getting that puck back. I don't care what I have to do. And too many of them don't have that attitude. Yet in Toronto, the skill set and the wow factor makes us all go wow. Imagine if all these guys did this. There's there's nothing stopping them, and I think that's what we do with a lot of players. I can even go on McDavid. I I, I don't want to, but because I'm doing it to the Toronto guys, the most talented player, Connor McDavid is. I watch him play; it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But I can also look at his defensive side sometimes and be like Connor, if you did just this little bit more, like Patrice Bergeron does, your team's that much better so I think you look at those two teams and the reason why they're having trouble getting into the playoffs or winning a game it starts with that really flashy shiny toy that they're they're star players and the moment they get it and I think that's where you're right about Joe Joe's gonna help these younger guys whether it's on the ice in the locker room the little things that make them a better pro will make them a better player which will make them a better team,
1: and that's PJ. PJ, they're going to have to be prepared to listen, though. Well, they're, going yes. to have to be, they're going to have to be prepared to listen.
0: Well, and so far, they're not showing any any sign that they're prepared to listen. Look, at this is not a new experience bringing somebody in. Two years ago, they brought Tavares in and paid him $11 million, and he was supposed to be the leader and the magic. He was supposed to bring the sprinkling dust to make all these young players <laughs> great. Hasn't won a playoff series. Last right. year, they paid Spets a $750,000 to come in as this veteran guy who can show them all how it's done. He hasn't won a playoff series, and now they got a forty-three-year-old or sixty-one-year-old or whatever the hell Thornton is, and he's supposed to suddenly sprinkle more of this magic dust. I got news for you. I think the rest of these guys in this Maple Leaf team um, are 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 well equipped to avoid the dust when it's sprinkled. They get out of the way. They've decided they want to play the way they want to play, and I go back. I go back to one play,
2: uh, Bob, and it was. It's a couple of years ago, and it just it, I haven't seen it yet like just that switch in their mentality. It was a uh, they were on a power play, and uh, I forget who they were playing against. And John, you might have been still, Bob, you guys might have been still been uh, at, uh on the station there. And four is ch- the word you're looking for, okay. I know I didn't yeah. want to use anybody's thing. yeah, for they go, they're <laughs> changing four guys, change right, as four guys change, and it's like a three on one. And they go down and they score a shorthanded goal. And everyone kind of is like, oh well, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I, I miss my my opportunity, but the puck's way down there. They're two on one. I'm not gonna back check it. I'm just gonna get off the ice now. And I still see that until I I don't see it. I, I'm not convinced this team is get, they could win just on talent alone if everything you know matches up. But until they get that X factor that Patrice Bergeron factor, that Jonathan Tays factor, that Sidney Crosby factor, I don't think they're going to be – I don't think, as Bob mentioned, all the magical sprinkle dust that you're going to sprinkle on them is really going to work unless those guys are willing to do it themselves, Eric. See, the okay. interesting the interesting, <laughs>
1: the interesting, thing is that I think a lot of the same stuff you said about the Maple Leafs, I think you – I mean, I think he could talk about the Calgary Flames. I mean, I think Eric's probably – when he's listening to PJ talk about this and this and this – I mean, isn't that Sean Monaghan, Johnny Goudreau, and Elias Lindholm? Uh, <laughs> not Lindholm,
3: <laughs> no, but but the first two for sure. Lindholm is a really good, responsible two-way player, and that's why they've got him playing center. And and the, the big change in Calgary this year is that they're playing Lindholm and Kachuk, and that's the number one line, and they are gonna try and draw the top matchups against everyone else. They're gonna they're gonna try and give Monaghan and Goudreau easier matchups, uh in order to to get them back to where they were a couple of years ago. But but you know the team I wanted to raise, John, we have not mentioned the Winnipeg Jets at all during this entire conversation. And I think a lot of people have them possibly on the outside looking in. But if you look at their guys that drive play, Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor, the way he's, he's come on, and then Stasny coming in because he was such a good fit two years ago. If you're looking for that intangible quality that you're talking about PJ which Canadian team has it more than any other I I would argue that it's the
1: Winnipeg Jets well and here and who did Winnipeg who did Winnipeg add this year veteran players Mm -hmm. Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis and both Mm -hmm. guys I guarantee you both of those guys are going to make an impact on that roster because it's the one and, and and people in Winnipeg might be mad at me when I say this but the one thing that sometimes that organization was lacking was you know you know a single biden minded character and both thompson and you saw nate play a lot last year uh, uh pj and trevor lewis i think in a shortened schedule i think both of those guys are going to make a big impact on that jets team i really do every team has
2: strengths every team has flaws and i admit, i text this to John, before I think the, you know, a lot of people think Nathan McKinnon is going to win a scoring title again this year. I think it's coming out of this North division. No question. Uh, I, I think it's Leon or it's, or it's McDavid uh, because of we, all the names you mentioned on every team, <clears throat> that's the strength of almost every team in this, or this division, the defense and all these in this t- division, that's where a lot of the question marks in Toronto question mark in Winnipeg. I pick Winnipeg every year to win the Stanley Cup because I love their forwards. Uh, you know, Hellebuck and Nets does some amazing stuff. Their defense though is the, the question mark, right? Like their defense is the question mark. Um, you know, you look at you know what got rid of a goalie in, in Vancouver, Edmonton's defense. Uh so it, it's I think this it's gonna be high scoring. I think teams have a lot of punch that it's gonna it's gonna flow into the way Toronto plays. And Edmonton plays, but I like that defense in Calgary, Eric. I, 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 I think Edmonton, I think Winnipeg has that punch. I just think they're a little weak on the back end. But every team has a weakness, and you know if they all match up, and what we try and do is come up with comparables and, and make them even. And you know I love that attack and that attitude in in Winnipeg, but I also love that defensive core in Calgary.
1: Montreal does Montreal have a centerman yet?
2: That's, you know what, they've got so much depth. And I mentioned that earlier about Bergevin. I, I love the depth that they've added on the wings. I, I really do. But I, the most important yeah. position for me is always down the middle in your top 3D. And, you know, Suzuki is going to be Suzuki. I think he's going to be great. He's going to be consistent. I, I love the young guy. Uh, I think Dano is going to be ex- same same thing as always. KK is a big question. But after that, who else do you have? Th- that's That's the... It's great to get all these other guys on the wings, but yeah. they don't have a lot of I mean, depth down the middle.
1: I mean, Josh. I mean, I I I love the Josh Anderson acquisition. To me, he's a poor man's Tom Wilson, and I don't. I mean that in a positive way. I mean, he's yeah. he he's big. not that poor he's, anymore. No, poor, poor. <laughs> <laughs> poor not in a sense in the bank account. That's for sure. But but you know, I I think if if Josh Anderson stays healthy, he can be a factor. He can be a real factor. But he's got to stay healthy and I don't know how you do that in this in this schedule with the, against the same teams all the time.
0: Well, we'll find out who the uh the champion of Canada is uh, shortly.
1: Um, well, who do you think is going to be the cap uh, the, the best team in Canada, Bob? Come on. Pick a team. Well, I'm, I I nobody else wants you, can't to you can't say Toronto. You can't say Toronto now after what you ripped them.
0: Well, here's the problem I have. Um I don't believe in Vancouver. Um Calgary has stubbed their toe um, uh, previously. Edmonton may be improving, but I'm not going with them. Uh, I assume Line is going to stay in Winnipeg, but I never really know with Winnipeg. And um, their defense is very iffy. Ottawa is a rebuild, and Montreal is a mystery. Oh. So when you go
1: when you go up and oh. down process of so elimination, all of a sudden all oh, of a uni, sudden I'm
0: so wishy-washy. So let me ask oh. well here's here's the dilemma that I have. Bob, I, I'm the trying, ink-stained wretch. You I'm know there trying he is to do the math <laughs> and trying to figure out if it's possible for all 7 teams in the Canadian division playing only each other can all of them finish under 500. <laughs> is that possible? I don't believe it is. So
1: therefore, someone must prevail. Bob, even if you... I have field, a clue who it was going to be. You forgot since the shootout and overtimes, everybody in the NHL, nobody is under 500. You know that. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> what I'll tell
0: you. there, I, I think they're, you know, without even going down the list, there are at least four or five teams in America that are better than whoever comes out of the Canadian division. Oh, I don't agree Ooh. with
1: that. But that's okay. Well, really... Yeah, I like Vancouver. I, I think Vancouver. I think Vancouver is going to surprise a ton of people. I I'm really not from do. Missouri, I... but you got to show me. And they haven't. Oh shown boy, I think Vancouver is going to be. I think Veg. If it, it the two teams, the two Canadian teams that 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 made the most of their appearances in the postseason in the bubble. Montreal. We learned a little bit about their young guys like Suzuki and KK. And I think Vancouver did a really good job with what they had. And I think guys like Bo Horvat and Pedersen. Uh, I, I think they're ready, and 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 Besser. I think they're ready for the next level. I really do. I know you are ready, because you always say I, mean,
0: I really do at the end of every sentence.
2: <laughs> I, I really do. They have say an amazing that, young core. Losing <laughs> Losing Markstrom is going to hurt. That's yeah, why right. Calgary gets a little bit better.
0: Enough Enough of this. Uh, we have solved nothing, um, although we I, I think we I don't think we purported to solve anything during this. Uh, Did we? I ever. learned a word. Yes, PJ er- learned a word. You learned a word. You, uh, your uniform looks nice. Um, the other one below it looks nice. Um, I imagine there are a half a dozen others sprinkled. PJ, all over the PJ so
1: I'm, so of I'm. Other clear. teams
0: you've had a cup of coffee with.
1: How many teams did you play for in the NHL? I can't. I. F- so did no. Let know. me ask you this: Did you score? Did you score more goals or play for more teams? Just the question. Oh come on!
2: You kidding me? I scored one more goal.
1: Oh, so you played for four teams and scored five? <laughs> is that
2: what you're telling me? Yeah, but they don't count playoff goals or preseason goals. So, yeah, I scored Thank every God. one per team. That's what you want. Set the bar That's low. That's
3: all you can ask for. Set the yeah. bar low. After all these years, PJ, do you still have to take
1: that abuse? Come on. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, is, for, forever. Yeah, forever. forever. Damn YouTube. Particularly, particularly for this, with this group, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all
0: right. We'll reassemble now. at some point and uh, see how stupid we all were. Uh, PJ Stock, <laughs> Eric Dachic, thanks, guys. Enjoyed having thank
3: you. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank Manon,
0: you, I'll see you on Wednesday. Yes, sir. That's it for the podcast. Enjoy. See you soon.